everyone, welcome to the new media show. Uh, we're getting a little bit of a late start today. I'll talk about why. For those of you joining us live, thank you so much. Make sure you check in on Facebook and say hello. Those of you that are listening to us, we want to hear from you too. You can always email us, Todd at Bluebear.com or Rob G at Libsyn.com. That'll get to both of us if you have a comment about the show. But of course, I want to welcome Mr. Rob Greenley on his brand new camera today. You're yes. all you're all centered up and looking uh, looking great. Uh, have you had a chance to white balance that camera yet, or are you just? Playing? I have not. Uh huh. But that's that's the next thing that I I probably need to do. Yeah, because so. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, you're close, and uh, so you get that thing white balanced and tweak it, and yeah, you're gonna look just like me. So a nice, <laughs> nice, sexy, and fresh on camera. There you go. That's, that's what I'm shooting for, Todd. It's the sexy stuff, right? Yeah. But, but I've got a little bit of a, a, I need to learn to now I have to put suntan on my head because this morning, my, my sister's son, my nephew graduated from high school and, um, can't have parties, right? They couldn't walk. Right. They couldn't go to award ceremony. So what do you do? Well, my, we live literally in the country so they had a drive-up party whereas we i'll probably put some pictures up on facebook at some point but they had stations in other words stop get a picture with the graduate and right, right. from the car he stood outside and i and i sit there and took pictures and then they drove up a little bit and we had someone there with refreshments and the next station they drove up they were there they could have some pick of food and it was prepackaged stuff that they had warmed up all in a baggie and handed sanitarily across. And then there was an area where they could kind of stop if they wanted to talk with the parents and, you know, just car side kind of discussion. Mm. And mm. so we had like eight, nine, 10 cars at any one time kind of stacked up on our road. Just and there's no traffic on my, you know, there's right. traffic, but they, if there's traffic, they go around. So it was kind of a unique way of doing a graduate party where no one, congregated right. they were all in their vehicles and we stood outside and ch chatted and it worked out a few yeah, people stopped and got out and we you know we explicitly made sure everyone did the social separation and you know there's a lot of family that came that wanted to hug and you know it's right. hard to tell family we got a yeah it, elbow bump right we got yeah, an elbow exactly. bump and you got aunts and uncles <laughs> and i'm like listen this is for your protection you're the you're the elder here Right. For your protection, we love you, but we have to, and you know, that, that kind of was the actual only thing that, because the family members were the one want to come up and grab you, you know? So, right. um, yeah. so it went, it went pretty good, all things considering. And yeah, so it was, sounds a, like it, so was everybody wearing masks too and all that there, stuff? Too, you know, or? people that drove up in cars, only one car was wearing masks. Everyone that was handing stuff out, we were, were outside in the road. So no, no one was wearing masks outside, but everyone was basically, you know, there was that, the, the, probably the closest someone got was handing something into a passenger side window. You know, okay. there was no sticking. So like the graduate would put his, you know, would stand up beside the car and, you know, maybe there would be three, four feet separation between the graduate and the closest face. But it was yeah. just for an instant click and then, you know, step back. So, but again, this county has got like only, well, in the entire time has only had like 60 cases. So 
and the people that a couple of people came in from Ohio. So yeah, you know, what can you do? You do the best you can, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds good. It sounds like, you know, a lot of active measures were being done and that's, I think that's what we all have to do. Right you know, now. and, and I, I was kind of like the traffic cop. I was the one saying, Hey, you guys are too close for people right. who had gotten out of cars. Mm-hmm. And even though we we're all out in the front yard, it was kind of like one of those situations where that, you know, I get to look, but they would separate, but I was like <clears throat> being the, not acting like security, but being the traffic cop and, uh, it, it worked well. So, and I think that's what you have to do. I think that's what people are going to have to do. If you're going to have some sort of event, you're going to have to assign a couple of people to be the meanie. Yeah, that's right. You know, and just, you know, and just tell them, Hey, you're too close. Move apart. And there was only like, and we've got a, an acre, acre and a half. And so the front yard is like 50 feet by 30 feet deep. So plenty of room for people to separate. And, uh, so anyway, that's what we did. So anyway, and and he got, And my, you know, my, my nephew got to have a little bit of a party and his friends were the biggest, the kids were the hardest ones to, to actually, because they wanted to follow follow those rules. Right. Yeah. They were, they were the ones who were hardest ones to keep from congregating. And, you know, and, and I probably got the most dirty looks from the, from the teenagers, but I didn't know any of them. So I was just, you know, I'm, I'm this old dude. It's. You know, and I said, you want me to take a picture and put, to, put this, cool, I, cool, I actually, dude. I kept telling them, you want me to take your picture right. and post this on social media? And that would kind of like, then they would kind of separate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, I was thinking about this, um, this, the same kind of thing to some degree, it's good that you raised it, uh, about, you know, when we all do go back to going to, to real events and how do we think these real podcasting events are going to change. So, so let's say, you know, podcast movement does actually happen in October. What is that experience? How is that experience going to change because of, and I've been thinking about that. Well, I, I think if we all are cognizant of each other, right. You know, and it's hard, you know, because a few times I'm like, I was like, I need to get some more, you know, I wash my hands a few more times than I, yeah. than I would have right. then, you know, and, and if I would just been hanging out with a family, I wouldn't have done that. But, you know, there was just a few more times that maybe, you know, I was up and getting close to someone. And so it's, so it's something to think about. We're going right, to have, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to have Dan on eventually here, Dan Franks from, from podcast moving. And maybe we can have Jessica back on from the she podcast. Uh, to talk about, you know, how these events are going to, you know, adapt to this new kind of perception. It's, yeah. You know, I think they could go back to just doing things like they've always done, but I have a feeling that no, most people I, are going to be a so. little bit more scared of getting too close to people again. And, I, you know, if you think about these events, I mean, think about kind of the, like the launch parties and the after hours events that we are typically used to doing right, well, right up like on crammed together right cram- tiny yeah. restaurant or something like I that. I don't see that happening. Right. And so how does, how does the exhibition floor change because of this? How does the meeting rooms change because of this? I mean, I mean, I think he, chances are they're not going to have as many people show up to these events anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, I think podcast movement could, could maybe lose half of their half, attendees. I think half, at least half. Right. 
which means that there's going to be more room because there's fewer attendees, right? Maybe. Um, or they could space the chairs apart or something like that. But I think it's really going to crimp the style of one of the core benefits of going to an event, and that's the social networking part. Well, one thing to think about, though, is if this, and then we're not doctors, right. if, if this bug, let's call it a bug, doesn't do well under heat and sunlight. Well, we're not going to have an issue with outside events in Dallas because Dallas is at that time of year is like that's thermal that's nuclear. Yeah. That's <laughs> Nothing survives outside for very long. Right. And it's still plenty hot in, <laughs> and I'm one of them. <laughs> it's still plenty hot in Texas at that time of year. So, right. Well, um, well over degrees, <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe evening events will be outside in bigger venues. And I, I don't know, I guess we'll have to see, uh, and, and how this progresses over the summer. Um, if the numbers go down or if the numbers keep climbing and again, well, we're just going to have to watch it. And matter of fact, I had an email conversation with the podcast movement folks over sponsorship and, um, they were. I'll say they, they are doing right of, uh, right of, for the folks that are, had asked to sponsor. And, um, I basically said, yes, we'll still continue to sponsor and we're not going to pull out. And, uh, we did talk about what happens if they cancel and, you know, those types of things. But I think that, um, here's the way I look at it. And I, and I'm hope other podcasters will too. And, and think about this hard. Um, We need to make sure these events survive to see to next year. Right. They have committed to having events at venues, big venues where there is. So we need to make sure that we do our best to try to make sure these events survive or next year, we're going to be crowdfunding to help these events. Get started again. Right. 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 Because it, 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 this can be devastatingly finance, devastating for them financially. Right. So I, I don't know, I guess, you know, and everyone has their own comfort space at, you know, and again, we're, we've got a number of months here. Um, yeah. but well, I think it's important Todd for this conversation to happen too, you know, have Dan on and Jessica to talk these things too. So the community knows what to expect. Yep. And if it, and hopefully it can assure people enough to, uh, you know, yep. gamble and go right. So, so to keep this stuff going. I so I do want to, we've got quite a few people online. I want to say hello to Mike, Stephanie, Kendall, Rick, Jed, um, who else? Greg, Sean, Al, Addy. Thanks all for joining today. Make sure that you say again, say hello. If you've, if you've joined on, I'm, I've seen you've joined the, the live stream. We appreciate that you're here today. But Todd, uh, and I sent you a, a couple of links. Oh yeah, on the one to my new camera that I'm using and the capture card. So if you wanted to show, yeah. So folks. so so Rob is for those of you that are curious. Rob has been upgrading, and right. whoops, something. Let me flip it here to get the right screen. So he's using a. You've got an AX43 4K Handycam. So that's the camera right. you're using now. And that's yep. what that looks like. So you went pretty big on expense, but you can double this as a 4K camera too. So, but it's got right. a nice Zeiss 
lens on it. So mm-hmm. that's, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have, I brought it up here. So, yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah, so nice camera. Um, and then you've got that plugged into, let me bring this up, and I have a whole bunch of these here in the studio as well. Wait for that to load. For some reason, that's not loading as fast as the Sony page did. Um, you've got a capture card from Magwell, and these are pretty expensive too. These are about what was that, three hundred or was it four hundred? Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. And what you do is you go, you plug your HDMI in to any cam from any camera. It's truly plug and play. You yep. plug it in, and it works. Yep, and then, and then it plugs in USB to your computer, and basically what you've got there, it shows up as a just like a webcam does. Right. And that's why I use these on uh, this picture you're seeing here of Rob. That's run through a Magwell. That's how, actually, that's how I get, uh, let me think about this. This is how I get signal. I use a little different one of these. I have a HDMI. No, 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 let me think. Yeah, it's how I get video back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some stuff that's S. I have some of these are SDI, some of these are HDMI, but uh, I've got three or four of these, and they're they're just a simple little device, and they work really really well. If anyone finds any of these cheaper, but again, it, it HDMI in, and they plug it into USB, and it shows up just as a web camera. But yeah, it's called Magwell, and that's it's M A G W E L L M A J E Yep W E L L Yep. So I've been using these things for, for years, literally I've, I've had this same and basically for the setup, if you want to see what it looks like, it, this is how easy it is. It's just plugs HDMI into USB. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a couple other things to, to think about is that uh, you need to find a, <clears throat> a camcorder or an SLR or, or something like that, that has uh, what they call a clean output. So, right. Cause some of them will, will display with all the functional, um, touch um, activities on your yeah on your screen, and you don't want that to, to M- display in your camera. Most right. camcorders have a function. You got to dig around to find it because when you first plug it in, you see all the same stuff yeah. you see on the webcam or on the right. camcorder, and then. But right. I think Rob, you know, looking at your image here, um, once you get white balanced up and. Yep. You got your positioning pretty good here. I think, uh, think you're, in, you know, you're doing real well there. So that's, yeah, def- that's good. definitely a step up. So, yep. That was the idea anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Rhonda. How are you? Thanks for joining. Doug, thanks for joining uh, the stream today. We definitely appreciate you guys on. But, you know, you spent some money here, but you don't, the, this card is probably the card you need the most, but you probably could have went with a little more inexpensive camcorder than you did. So, probably, yeah, I was thinking if I was going to get a camcorder, though, I wanted to get a, get a 4K one. So, because if, I mean, you just get a regular, you know, 1080p one, yeah, um, you're kind of living in a world of, you know, like maybe five or six year old technology. So. Yeah. So I was going to show you the Canon camera that I really like. And again, it's a little more expensive. Let's see here. If I can find it. Can't remember yeah. the numbers. Yeah. So this camera was about $800. Yeah. So let's see if I can find it. Let me go to Canon.com. I don't know if I want to be in the Pro, it's not in the pro section. Why is my internet loading so slow today? Let's see here. 
Yeah, I think I'm a little slow today too. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Uh, not the XA series. The G. Well, maybe. Let me look for this. Now I'll have to find it as we're talking here today. But uh, if I find it, I'll I'll bring it up. Uh, consumer camcorders. But yeah, there's just tons of cam- I mean cameras. I mean, I spent multiple days doing research on this stuff. Right. Trying to figure out which camera. Actually, even I looked at the SLRs too. Yeah. Just to see what was going on there. And I just I like the fact that this camera or a camcorder is is really you know it's kind of built for this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. a, you know, an SLR is kind of like you know you're trying to trying to make something that wasn't really designed to do that it was designed to take pictures <laughs> yeah so, so the the camera i you know i really like this particular camera the g i think right. i have a g40 mm-hmm. and it's not 4k the cameras i've got are not 4k so maybe mine oh, are a little okay. bit order this is 1400 dollars. i didn't spend that much for right. mine you can spend a bunch of money you can spend stuff. a bunch of money i think mine was around the same price you you paid around 800 dollars um right. You know, I like, I like the G40s and that's what I've got in the studio here for demo cameras and stuff. Let's see if I yeah. can find. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, 1080p cameras out there that are like in the $200 range. Yeah. Those are work too. I just don't know what the lens quality is, uh, on, on, on those. And that's, that's what I was a little worried about. Yeah. Here's the G40 and I probably, this camera's not even available anymore. Um, but this is the camera that I like a lot. Is the, is the, this is the one I use here. Because I know I'm never going to go 4K in the studio. Right. And, well, um, I know. Is that really true, Todd? Uh, I don't think I'll ever go 4K in here. Because even right now, we're pushing 720p to live stream on the internet. We, oh, might, okay. we might go 1080 sometime. But it just, it's all a matter of bandwidth. And then what other people can handle. Right. Because if I, if I have to go to 4K, then I have to go like to 10 megs up. And then for someone to oh, get, yeah. for someone to get a good quality to watch us, they need to have, you know, is high, but, or have, you know, have good connection down. But by the way, yeah, t- I think I'm like, uh, I think I'm like 250 uh, megs down. And I think about 40 up right now on my connection. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and the camera that I actually use here and, you know, we're talking to you guys are, I'm sorry for the audience that's listening here, but, um, the camera that I'm using is, let's see if I can bring it up. The point tilt zoom camera. Let me wait for this to load. And by the way, we are, uh. SpaceX is trying again today. So, so, uh, so what time is their th- launch? Uh, three thirty is the uh, that's Eastern. Uh, yeah, three thirty-two or something like that. Let's see if I can find. Okay. It. Yeah, so the the camera that I'm using is this one here. It's a point tilt zoom camera, and this is by New Tech. Um, it's, it's basically their branded camera. And so you're using that for the image that we're seeing right now? Uh, for the image when I go back to me primary. And this is a point tilt zoom camera. And for those of you that use Wirecast or some of the other live streaming applications, um, this puts out an NDI output. So you just need a LAN cable 
you connect right. it and here's the um are you familiar rob with um a network switch that is uh it, it's different than a normal network switch but this is a powered network switch where they actually provide power up the landline are you familiar with that i think it's yeah, called I know a, a lot of uh the newer security cam platforms use that same technology yeah it's it's called oh, p i, I can't p, remember what I think it's, it's called either it, it's i, I want to say pos but i don't think it's pos because that that's a different acronym but it's basically um what this camera is that we're seeing right now it's not plugged in it just has right, a land well it's getting its power from the, the data connection yeah right? from the data connection right. So it goes directly, and the signal, the video signal, goes right over the LAN cable to my switch. And then right. Wirecast and a whole bunch of other live streaming applications now can select that camera because it, it uses what's called an NDI protocol. So I have no, well, I'm fibbing a little bit. I have an SDI cable hooked up to it as a backup right. um, because I always, because if, something happens and I lose the land signal, I can reach over here and I can switch it to wired really quick. Right. But, um, you don't have to. And I have, since I've had the new studio up, I have not had to ever switch to SDI. So, but you can run this camera. Now, the only thing you can't do is you can't do switch change. This is a, this is a camera being programmed to move around and change positions. Right. So it won't snap on a land connection it only you know it'll move slowly if you want it to snap so it it just pops to the next position you have to have a power supply hook to it oh okay so that's the yeah, big the yeah, big big difference there's not enough power to power the other right part. right the servo will move but it'll you know it'll move slow <laughs> and mm -hmm. again when it's hooked up to the power supply though that thing will snap just as fast as you can almost see it to the right. to the next position right. but uh um, well and also to kind of explain what what you're talking about here also is that you know my my new camera is hdmi right uh to the magwell yep and that's an analog yep communication right so the magwell is actually a converter that converts analog signal to digital signals what is really going on and that that digital signal is what runs into my computer Rick saved me. It's so, called P-O-E, not P-O-S. Power over Ethernet. Power over E. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. power over E. So, and you know, this, and so I've got one camera here that's not P-O-E that's still using SDI that I don't go to very often. But here's another thing, too, that if you're thinking about doing live video mm -hmm. and you're never, and you don't have a camera today, if you're going to do more than one camera shot, buy the same camera for the second camera or third buy the same matter of fact try to buy them at the same time right. because if you like as an example i have two cameras that color match really really well and a third one that doesn't so when you switch cameras it completely changes it changes uh, yeah so right. you know if you're gonna buy let's say you're gonna do, do and it's a big it's a big deep dig in your pocket but let's say you're gonna do a three camera shoot buy all three cameras at the same time from the same vendor. And usually you'll get the same lot. Right. And, and that, the same image. <laughs> and those cameras will be very, very close. They may, they're still going to be a little different from camera to camera, but you're going to be much easier to get them dialed in. Um, color wise. Cause you know, just watch, watch right here. If I switch this, 
see how the cha- color change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because it's largely because of the angle. And this is the actual, this color is perfect. This color is, it, it's, it's just different. It's a different view. Well, and stripes doesn't do that great on video no anyway. no 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 you, <laughs> yeah so it, it might actually look a little blurry to people at times but right, right. yeah so yeah greg Depends it's called your resolution so. yeah ndi right. is the protocol uh greg for the camera and uh it's their it's their ip video protocol and not every streaming application supports it Black Magic Design does not support NDI. They have their own. So you have to make sure that the, the ingest system, Wirecast or something like that, live stream, whatever ingest system you're using, you have to make sure it supports the NDI protocol to get video. Right. And what's cool about it is, is that I can have a, a camera anywhere here in the studio. And as long as it's NDI, I can easily just, I don't need a virtual cable anymore. So if I have a license limit on my, let's say, for example, I'm using live stream and I have a license limit that I can only have five cameras and I've got 10, I just can change it on the fly right in the software. I just pick it. There's no physical cable going to the back of the box. So it really allows you to, have, and this is what Leo does on his system. He, he's got a system just like mine. He can only have eight cameras hooked to it. And we're talking about Leo Laporte. Right. And he can have eight wired cameras. So he just basically um, has a physical switch. He doesn't use NDI at all. He uses that Canon camera that I showed you, that the G40 model, he uses this almost exclusively through through his studio. Right. And he has all those converters. He actually runs a more expensive converter from Blackmagic Design, HDMI to SDI. And then runs the SDI signal to a Blackmagic Design switching board. And then he chooses which eight signals or each, each pass goes to his TriCaster. So he's got like 60 cameras in the studio. And then he picks which eight at any given right. time feed the TriCast. Right. But as far as, you know, I mean, if you want to get more involved in, in, in video, I think my setup is probably more. Right. Oh, what, yeah. What what you should look at doing, I think is more similar. I mean, I think getting a, maybe a little less expensive camera might be something to look at too. But, you know, I think if I total up everything in here, um, right now I'm probably like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars right. for, for, for the upgrade, right. For yep. everything. And, and that's not, that, that's not too bad. I certainly could have gotten a camera that was like maybe three or $400 and I, I would have been fine, you know? So, so, and that would have made it about, just, just a little under a thousand dollars probably. And I've got a cheap way. If someone, let's say you've got a dedicated bedroom you're going to use for your studio and you want right. to do video. So you're thinking, how do I put lights up and not have these stands all over the place? So we well, can hang them from the ceiling. Well, there is, and there's a trick to it. There's a trick not to get, if you're renting, there's a trick not to piss, not a, not a way to destroy the roof that right. you can use. And what I did, and so let's say you're in a, you're going to hang three lights and you're going to buy one by one LED panels. So it's real simple. You got to find the stud in the rafter where, where your stud is right. the closest to the farthest wall from where your cameras are going to be. You find that stud and where it's going to run. Now, hopefully it runs 
this, you know, hopefully it runs right to left and not, you know, depending on where the cross beam is, but you find those two studs, but then you go to Home Depot and Home Depot has one inch steel water pipe. Mm-hmm. And you yep. can buy those in one foot sections, 18 foot section or 18 inch sections. And then you can buy them in four and five foot lengths. Right. So, and then they come, you can buy a, an actual like a fitting, a fitting that goes on there that actually is not designed right. to be, um, no, it's done for plumbing, right? It's done for, well, it's done. This, this fitting is not done for plumbing. This fitting is done for people that are making a makeshift, um, something that they would hold on to. So, you, you know, they've oh, learned. So what like I did, a railing it, or something? yeah, like a railing. Right. Right. So I've taken that and I've flipped that on its head and I put two lag bolts through that piece to attach it. So that way I'm only putting two holes in the roof on each side. Right. And then I, I make myself a C bracket that I hang my lights from across. And if you're renting, you get done renting and you pull those two lag bolts out, then all you got to do is patch two holes. <laughs> right. or four holes, four tiny yeah, holes. Those are small holes too. Well, you know, it depends how big a lag bolt you use. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and, uh, that's how I've done. Now what I did here was I hung every four feet. I hang, I hung, I brought 18 inch water pipe down through. And then I, of course you can buy like this real expensive, multi-thousand dollar, multi-thousand dollar, uh, hanging stuff for lights. Uh-uh, I bought a $32. It's basically used in construction as a channel to run wires through and basically it kind of right. protects the wires and it's it's 32 bucks for like a 15 foot length of this. And I bought that from Home Depot and I attach I can take pictures of it, but it's a, essentially I've got 30 feet of hanging lights here that probably cost me Two three hundred dollars to hang, right? But the lights were were oh no, the lights are more expensive, right? You know, you can get in. You know, Draco is a company that I like a lot for lights. Yeah, that's 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 a light that I have here. You watch them for sales. They have sales all the time, and usually around Christmas time or during certain times of the year, get on their mailing list, and they'll have sales. Like I bought these one by ones, which are normally two ninety nine. I got them for like 135 on sale and I bought like six of them because they were so cheap and I, you know, I had some in boxes I didn't need. So I just used what I had, Hmm. you know, and and the key is you don't have to buy it all at once and you just little by little, you look for the deals and then, because when they run a deal, what they've been selling on sales, the stuff you bought right now is the desktop lights. I got three lights for like, 250 bucks with the tripods and everything. So I've got three, three tripods with, you know, with three different lights. So, but they're yeah. not big lights. They're, they're like maybe 10 inches wide by six inches tall. So, yeah. but they have a, you know, variable intensity. I can adjust the, the color of the lights. They're, they're, they're really low power lights and it's, they're pretty cool. And actually they also support a battery pack too. So you right. could use them mobily as well if you wanted and when i was in hawaii i had limited space and i didn't want and i was in a bedroom so i really didn't want to trip over these things all the time and those little tripods so 
you know, you're going to, if you have a partner or a wife and you're in a bedroom and you're converting a bedroom, you're going to need some, how should I say it? You're going to have to negotiate to hang. How you're going to do this. Right? You're going to negotiate to hang these lights. So for me, the negotiation was I could, I hung the lights and there was still six to nine inches above my head. I could walk through and not hit the lights with my head. Right. And they, even though they were hanging, um, that was probably, probably couldn't do that with, uh, <laughs> uh you could walk under my lights here. Depends on how high your ceilings are. Yeah. You would still not whack your head at least now in the old studio. No, you'd have banged your head, but here I think you can still walk under the lights. I'd have to measure it. But, right. um, yeah, so that's, you know, so again, it's because what happens then is when you go to video, light stand, light stand, light stand, camera, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden what's in front of you is getting kind of busy, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, I've got four tripods <laughs> in front of me. Right. Yeah. So it gets busy. So at some point, you know, you know, you don't have to worry about it, but you're seeing, you know, all of a sudden your partner's like, this looks like. You know, this is getting too busy. Let's clean this up. Right. So <laughs> oh, there's a lot of wires, yeah. and you get you get used to doing the wire management. So, right. um, oh yeah, you want to see wires? You ought to see. There's a wall right over here that all the all the cables come in to the TriCaster and the right. audio. So there's a bundle <laughs> for all the students. Is about uh, four inches around, you know, and right. You know, as I've added cables, I snip the spot tie and I re-spot tie some more. That's why I'm worried about the, the hung ceiling here. I'm thinking, how much weight do I have up there in cables? <laughs> well, aren't those uh, ceiling tiles up there? I mean, They are. They're solid? ceiling tiles. Yeah, they're ceiling, ceiling tiles. So, okay. so I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm joking because it's all distributed. But, you know, I've got, and it's land cable largely. It's not like it's, right. but I do have audio cables run too, you know, to the different studios. So... <laughs> you don't have to worry about that at home, but you know, here's the mistake a lot of people make too. Well, I think I need a 12 foot cable and you really needed an eight. Right. And then you got four and four, four feet of loop that yeah, you got to deal with. Around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have that problem all over the place. So, yeah. you know, I take, so I, I, this studio, what I did is I had string and I actually took string and run string the length. And I said, okay, I need a 10 foot here and I need a 12 foot there and I need an eight foot there. So I didn't end up with all this loop. <laughs> right. And, uh, but I do think that more and more people need to think about this. Cause yeah. I mean, I, I think as we are moving into a new, I think a new online communications era, you know, you start thinking about all the companies that have started to announce that their workers are going to be home-based. Um, and it seems like an explosion of podcasters an explosion of video creators, all this stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I did what I did here is because I, I could see this trend moving and I wanted to be, you know, doing the best I could here, you know, on the video side. Yeah. Yeah. And if I had to rebuild this studio again, right. You know, I built this, started building this 10 years ago. And have progressed with equipment. And I just look to the right of me and I'm looking at the, the big bottom. I'm looking at the EQ. I'm looking at my compressor. All three of those boxes could be gone. That's all can be done digitally now, just as right. well as, as electrically. 
Well, and, and, and I wanted to ask you too, I mean, if you had it to do over again, would you even get a TriCast? Nope. You just would nope. go, go with like a Wirecast and some black magic I, boxes? I, I, and I might just it. use OBS. Right. Right. Nope. I wouldn't, yeah. I, if that TriCaster dies, you know, I'm going to, I'll probably build a super heavy duty PC. That's like a gamer machine. And then that's what will replace it. And I'll run OBS. Yeah, because you also have a TriCaster Mini, too. I have a Mini, yeah. And it's actually in the office in Columbus. We were going to set up a studio oh, there. Okay. Yeah, That's I've right. got it down there. So you're so, actually using it, right? Not right now. It's in the case. Oh, okay. You know, but, you know, I could use them. But the Mini's ten grand, Rob. I know. Those are expensive. So. They're, they're really cool because they're yeah, kind of portable. But, they're portable. Yeah, because didn't you bring that to... Uh, CES. Yeah. But, but I could also do live stream. You know, here's what live stream comes on now. Yeah. It comes on a USB stick folks. This, this, this is live. This is literally live stream. Studio in a box. It's right there on a stick. (laughs) That's it. Now they've got it coded. So I have to load this with the, I have to have this inserted on the machine that I have that authenticates the license. But that that's live stream right there and a stick. And but you can have a you just have to have a good PC that will run. That's the only difference. You're not running this on a two ninety nine Kmart special Windows PC. Right. You're gonna you need a decent machine. That has the capture cards that are really good. Well, you know, you run or, what you're running. Or, vi- or video cards or something. You, like you, I mean, you, you have to have a good computer. Yeah, right. you gotta have a decent computer because video has some overhead. Now if you're just doing one camera you don't you use obs and and you don't need anything else right obs open source what they've done with obs is incredible right wirecast it's they've got just do like what i'm doing with the capture card like you know from magwell yeah there's other capture cards out there that are cheaper than the magwell the 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 question that i had about them was their their performance Mm. Um, that was always the question. You know, I read a lot of reviews. If you find and, some cheaper ones, Rob, send me the links because, you know, I'm always like looking to save money. I don't want to spend $400 with or $300 well, with Magwell again. I, I mean, th- that's my point is, is that most of the other ones out there are, are cheap for a reason. They don't perform very well in the video images that great. Right. So, I mean, a lot of them are built for gamers mm. who want to live stream their their Xbox or their Sony PlayStation, right? You know, gameplays. So that's what you'll find is that most of these little capture cards are really, really designed for that. If you if you go, if you really want to, so what's going on? Who has really caused the industry to really change with OBS and everything else? Just start googling YouTube. I mean, Twitch video setups for gamers, right? Right. If you if you do that, you're you're in maybe a thousand bucks in year, right? And you are like, you've got everything you need, and they've got little switchers that you can pre-program the. It's yep. a little bit geeky still, but it looks sexy. It's not like this big huge switcher here. It's a it's just a fingerprint well, thing that you can change. Well, then Black Magic has one too. I saw the. It's like this little portable thing that it's like this little screen yeah. and it has like a like a small six by four kind of controller pad yeah. that 
has buttons on it. And, it's, right. and it takes HDMI inputs. I think this got a four camera switcher on. I think it's right. Right. So yeah, yeah, it supports up to four cameras. Yeah, yeah, Mike Dell was looking at that. He was thinking about, you know, thinking about buying one. I almost bought one just. And to, it's not that expensive. No, right here. I think it's four hundred. Four hundred bucks. Yeah, four hundred bucks. So, you know, but it's sold out. <laughs> oh, is it? I wouldn't be surprised that it's sold out. It's completely sold out right now. Yeah. And that, well, then that's the other point too. Is I mean, a lot of these capture cards and a lot of the webcams, uh, many of the, the the lower cost camcorders are basically sold out, and all you know because so many people are upgrading, right? Or they're they're wanting to do like what I wanted to do here. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a hot thing right now. So people often ask me, how do I do what we're doing here? Right. You, you know, don't okay. want to do what we're doing here. Well, you know, if, you know, if, if, so just so people, this is not this, not that hard right. from a cost. Well, it's not necessarily small from a cost standpoint, but if you want to do what I do, what Rob is on is a Mac mini. He could be on, I, I ran this for years on a $300 budget. PC that was tiny, you know, no power. It would run Skype. That's, you know, that's what it ran. It was dedicated running Skype. But I have Rob coming in on a, a dedicated computer and I come out of that box with the HDMI signal. Um, I run it into a box that, again, it's an NDI box. It's, a, it's called a Spark. It's from New Tech. Um, not necessarily inexpensive, but again, there's 25 different ways to hook this up. That HDMI signal gets picked up and the TriCaster can see the HDMI from the computer. There's a loop, a loop, uh, HDMI, and I loop that right back into the monitor. So basically it's an HDMI out into that box and I could actually run the audio and everything. I wouldn't have to run any wires, but I've just learned over the years that it's better to have a hardwired audio connection. And I do, uh, because the new Mac minis only have a single plug, I run a little um, USB-C. It's basically a mic in, headphones out, and I connect two cables to it, and I, I run it through my mix minus. So, but, but you can, you can with the Rodecaster, you don't have, you could run it on the same PC that you're doing your live stream on too. So, right, right. And I think, you know, your setup there is complicated, just like what you're saying compared to, yeah. to what you can do with like a roadcaster. It's right. a perfect example of, yeah. um, of what's possible over there. Now that's just audio over there. So you got to, you still have to have a video flow, right? right. But you right. could do right. a video flow and believe right. it or not, the biggest trick in doing video with someone on Skype and doing live is to make sure that the latency looks decent. So when you're moving your lips and someone's watching the playback, that that is relatively synced up. So what I have to do with the process video, the recorded video that comes from this show is I have to move the audio two microseconds to the right in order for the lip to be matched. So in post and edit, I just click, click at two microseconds and then everything is relatively close. Sometimes if you guys watch near the end of the show, if you're watching the show on 
newmediashow.com, you click out to like an hour and 10 hour, 20 minutes. Sometimes that, that gap gets bigger. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's doing so the, how is my uh, latency doing? Did your latency is right? great. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> okay. you know, I'm watching you on a repeat monitor in front of me and it, it looks good. So, but again, you, you know, it's, you can geek out here and spend a lot of money, but for those of you that want to do live stream, your webcam and stream yard is all you need. And then Free. it's just choosing what kind of webcam or camera or SLR well, or wh well, whatever that if, you want to use. If you've got a Mac, the camera's built in. Use the... That's true. You That's know. True. You can use the built-in camera, right? Yeah. And if you have a... Many PCs have a built-in camera, too. And sometimes what you have to do is if you're on a laptop, is prop your... You know, put four or five books underneath <laughs> your laptop. Get it up high enough so it's, you know, it doesn't look like it's looking up your chin. Right. So it's, you don't have to spend this money. It's not needed. It just depends what kind of quality you want to get. Here's the, here's the end. Here's something you always can remember, ladies and gentlemen, they will forgive you for the audio. I mean, excuse me. They will forget, for the forgive video. you for the video. They will not forgive you for the audio. Right. It, 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 it can look, it can look horrible, right. but it's got to sound good. And I think that's a big part of this, um, right. you know, and I, and again, I, I got to understand, I, I, I invested a huge amount of money into this because that's what you had to do. when I started, there was no other way. There wasn't Magwell cards years ago. Yeah. You know, it's the same with me in the early days of when I was doing my, my radio show and I built my home studio. I, I, I spent like $20,000 on my studio right. because there, I mean, the tools now are so much better and so much cheaper. You know, guys that are on Twitch use no BS and they laugh at people like me that's using a TriCaster because, you know, their pocket book is much thicker. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. You know, it's much thicker, but. Um, yeah, I didn't know, you know, I mean, I was using condenser microphones. My, I, I had three, con three condenser microphones in my studio when I was doing my radio show. And um, had sound paneling on the wall and all sorts of stuff. And each one of those those microphones were like seven hundred dollars each. So it was really crazy expensive. I mean, if I think about it now, that blue mic mouse I used for years was thirteen hundred dollars. Right, right. And you know these SM these are not necessarily inexpensive, but this is the first dynamic mic that I have ever found that I love. Right. And these are about $400. Right. So for me, the big, and I've got a high OPR 40. It's in a box in the uh, closet. I don't like, for my voice, I don't like the high OPR 40. It doesn't sound good on my voice. Right. Some people love the high OPR 40. It's a great mic, but it just doesn't sound good with me. Well, Todd, we haven't talked too much about podcasts. No, show, we've been they? geeking out here. <laughs> but this is the new media show. Yeah, that's so right. Let, let, let's be clear. It's not the podcast show. <laughs> so I, I do have to tweet my own horn a little bit. I got, uh, I got a segment in Columbus CEO. Yeah, I saw that. That was a really, really good article. Todd. That really run down yeah. a lot of the, the past and things like that, that. I see, I see that he talked to you too, Rob. I didn't know he talked to you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Rob got a mention and uh, Dan Frank's got a mention in the article. Uh, you basically talking about me and I, I appreciate you guys talking with the reporter. But uh, yeah, I sit down with him for about an hour and a half a couple of months ago and other team members did. And uh, that's a self-portrait. I shot that myself here in the studio on a timer. So no, for those it's, a good, it's a good uh, shot. It's a good shot. Yeah. So I could have smiled a little more, couldn't have I? Kind of. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> You're a serious broadcaster, <laughs> podcaster, Todd. <laughs> so, but it does show your, your your setup there, and that that board that you have for the right. TriCaster right. is, is kind of like what you know, like a TV studio would have. That's right, right. the one man yeah. show. So it, it 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 did take a pretty good. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good view. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think it was a good inter- a good. A good piece. There was a couple of things in there that they got a little bit wrong, but you know, it's, of it's going to happen right. in anything that you talk about. Uh, I did not work with Boeing. Um, just I put that out as a disclosure. Cause I kind of had a couple of my Navy buddies send me a email said, you never worked with Boeing. Well, I worked with Boeing tech reps, but I actually worked primarily in Waco with L3 communications. So, um, right. so that was kind of a, something that got wrong and Lockheed Martin. Uh, the only reason that they said Lockheed Martin was because of the P3. And again, I only worked with Lockheed Martin tech reps. <laughs> right. <laughs> I that never worked sense. with those folks directly. So I just go on yeah. the record here for my Navy buddies. And I wasn't stationed in Waco. I was TAD to Waco. So that, you know, it's all semantics, but you know, some of my Navy buddies were like, Hey, <laughs> you got it wrong. That's what I say. Get the fact right. Right, right, right. But, um, Otherwise, I think it was pretty good, but it does talk about the story about blue, how Blueberry was formed and, uh, and right. that other stuff. So if you get a chance, give it a read, um, give you some insight. Well, they, yeah. And it talked about, I mean, when, when Todd and I met, too, yeah. I mean, it was back, back when you started all this stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I was just doing a show just like you were back yeah. then. And for the, for those of you who don't know, Rob uh, was, any of you guys listened to the show for a while in 05. Rob was part of the tech podcast network and Rob actually streamed our, had a continuous loop stream of tech podcast content back when it wasn't cool to, you know, you think about it, Rob, we were doing shit. People are still thinking about trying to do today and we were doing it in 05 and. Right. Well, it's cause I had my own server infrastructure. Right. I had co-located servers in two different co-locations facilities, uh, posting podcasts and doing live shows and streaming on real and windows media servers. Yeah. So it was, it, it was just a different time. And, uh, it, it, it's not like, you know, and Todd, and you'll understand this. It, it's not like you, you could go to a Lipson and create an account. Those, no, it didn't exist. back. Didn't then. exist. Right. So one of my Navy buddies is on the, on the stream today. He said, Boeing question mark L O L. And it's internal <laughs> between him and I, it's an internal joke. Right. Um, because, well, I'll let everybody in on it. Uh, the Navy P3 has been, re- by Lockheed, has been replaced by the Boeing, what they're terming the P8. And no, I have had no, <laughs> no relationship with Boeing. But I know Greg, who is on the live stream, he is working in junction with stuff that Boeing's being done. So <laughs> uh, gotcha. that's why he's laughing on, online. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so. funny. But, yeah, I think uh, we're showing our age here, Todd. Oh, uh, 
to hell with them if we if they that's don't. right <laughs> they can't take a joke right <laughs> <laughs> but you know the only thing i felt bad about this article was though is that it really didn't get as much into my team as i wish it would have we i talked a lot about my team you know in the interview and you right. know that i think that's the only thing that i kind of wish they'd have talked a little bit more about because you know it is obviously it was a ceo type of interview but no one's successful without their team. So I think that's right. right. The main thing. Anyway, so let's talk again. Okay. We'll go to the news now that I'm done. uh, Punching my own horn. The show's almost over. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw this, uh, come up in pod news. I chuckled a little bit because I'm, I I just assume people know this already. California listens to podcasts more than any other U S state. Yep. Have been for years. That's almost every show has more listeners in California than any California just listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people there. It's like what the, was it the fifth largest uh, economy in the world (laughs) or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just, it, I'm like, okay, I thought everyone knew that already, but it's news. So California listens to more podcasts than any of the U.S. state Stitcher, which has posted a look back at the last 10 years of podcasting. Among the piece of data, two-thirds of podcasts are streamed rather than download. Okay. They're streamed because Stitcher streams. Right. That's, well, yeah. And, the, oh, then it also said here the state of Washington, for example, ranks number four in listening hours, despite it being number 13th in the highest population. So. Mm. The state of Washington is is listening to a lot of podcasts. And something even more concerning was, it said Pex, and I don't know what this company does, a service that's scanning podcasts for music, what are they doing, reporting that to rights holders, has revealed that 17% of podcasts contain at least 10 seconds of music of all types, they add. Right. Two-thirds of all podcasts are streamed rather than downloaded. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, on Stitcher, not normally. Well, that's just click play, what it is. Okay, still not normally. Yeah, because I Stitcher went pass through long, long time ago. Yeah, but they still have a streaming component, right? Uh, I don't think no? so. Okay, I think it's all progressive download. Streams. Can you subscribe to? I, I guess you can subscribe to a show in Stitcher, can't you? Pre-download. Hmm. I. Uh, Hmm, I don't remember if they still have that feature or not. Some podcast apps are removing the subscribe function. Yeah. Well, I think there was an article that came out this past week too, talking about, you know, or, or, or did we talk about it on Wednesday about what the future of podcasting is? And, and then what, what one of those was the removal of the subscription yeah. component. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So I'm the, kind of a follower of seeking alpha and the reason is i've made a lot of money over the years by watching for stuff that seeking alpha talks about and seeking, seeking alpha who's seeking seeking alpha is a website that basically does investor they're kind of like hmm, the best way so first a disclosure if you are investing from advice from seeking alpha i am not telling you to do that. <laughs> okay. 
So you're not an investment advisor here. I'm not an investment talking. advisor by okay. getting tips off of Seeking Alpha. But okay. but I've made but. I have made some good money from advice from Seeking Alpha. As a matter of fact, Seeking Alpha was one of the stories that broke some of the stories about what was going on with Libsyn when they were having their China debacle. Did I say that right? No. And <laughs> well, the China issue, the China reverse merger that went yeah. sideways and people went, you know, someone supposing China went right. missing or whatever. Right. So uh, the seeking alpha stuff was the one that was on the leading edge of some of that reporting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that uh, the Libsyn CEO probably doesn't like seeking alpha so much. And, and then there's other, but there's lots of stories and they have a tendency to be a little, they push the boundaries of, they do a lot of speculation. <laughs> yes. Again, I'm not an investment advisor, but I'm speaking. So Seeking Alpha says, an investor writing for Seeking Alpha claims that Spotify is overvalued and its foray into podcasting mm -hmm. is not a surefire success. Interesting. They're spending a lot of money, Rob. Yeah, they are. They're spending a pile of million dollar bills. Mm hmm So there was also a bunch of articles that came out this past week talking about the Joe Rogan deal that they basically Joe Rogan got ripped off or something. You know, it's all over the map. People are talking about how his value is much more than what he got out of the deal. Right. So I heard that also, and that, that also that Spotify stock rose like nine, 8% or 9% on the announcement, which was like what, almost a billion dollars or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and that, you know, Spotify got their money back almost instantaneously. I don't know if the stock price going up gives the, gives Spotify any money. Th that's all magic money. Right, right. So, I mean, it's a perceptional yeah. thing, but it's not really real. But I have, again, from time to time, something Seeking Alpha says that catches my eye, and I go, hmm. And I have shorted stock before based upon stuff that came out of Seeking Alpha. Right. And I've done some long-term hold positions on stuff from them and done okay. But again, again, I'm not an investment advisor. <laughs> and you, you know, you know, when you, you have that, you hear that on television, do you invest in this because you did it because it's going to risk. You could lose all your money, but you can lose all your money from any investment that comes from any investment platform that makes any sorts of advice. <laughs> okay. Todd, I think it's safe to say you've covered yourself here. <laughs> and uh, by the way, Ken, welcome to the live stream. But uh, I think it's just like anything else, but it makes you go, hmm, when somebody like Seeking Alpha says this. And right. um, hey, on a more positive note, the Infinite Dial Canada 2020 is going to be announced on June 4th. So, matter of fact, June 4th is quite a special day. And uh, I am uh, taking, a, you know, if, if you're looking to see if, you know, you know, send me a nice present or something on June 4th. Uh, you know, I can, I'm a tech head, so MacBook Pro, um, you know, all kinds of stuff would be, you know, you can definitely keep me in your, in your wish list for June 4th. But June 4th is, and yeah, my birthday's on June 4th, sorry. The Infinite yeah. Dial 2020, we announced in a free webinar. It'll give a new figure for Canadian podcast consumption. So we'll see what happens there. 
Um, what else? A lot of stuff. Well, there's more stuff in that Stitcher podcast report. Oh, really? Too, that's, well, look there, it talks about episodes are trending shorter is what they, what they're saying in this, this, the average podcast length has shortened by 2.4 minutes. Oh, Ooh, whoopee-doo. <laughs> Give me that number next 2013. month. 2013. Oh, since 2013. Right. That's a strong trend line down, isn't it? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Podcasts have gotten shorter by 2 minutes and 30 seconds since when? 2, two, two 2.4 minutes. 2.4 minutes. 2.4 minutes, which is almost two and a half minutes since 2013 and that's a significant trend line why is that a reportable number i guess it's a number right okay it's a number let's okay so every podcaster just go three minutes longer for the next three months and we'll we'll screw that logarithm up so i was gonna stick it to the man on that one Uh, I, what it reminded me of something I read the other day. What was it? Um, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> so, okay, so this uh, put this into perspective. Right. It, it's being reported that the average person has three partners in their lifetime. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's the average. <laughs> so. Let's think about that for a second to get to three. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just, on, you just I'll, I'll let you guys use your own, no, use your own perception here. The average is three. So right. to get to three, there must be a lot that it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> be- right. Because in my twenties, I knew guys that, We're killing it. I'll just say that. So, right. you know, There's a lot of dead air is what you're saying. Todd. Right. So the, the average is three, three. Right. Right. It's just, okay. So, you know, uh-huh. well, it depends on what they classify <laughs> a partner is, right? Is it well, it's all in the definition. Yeah. It's right. all the definition. Right. right. <laughs> uh, Sorry, those, yeah. those brief encounters don't, yeah. don't Count, okay, so anyway, <laughs> Eileen says you should hear all the disclaimers at the end of the Susie Orman's podcast, <laughs> or or the Jim Cramer show too. Oh, really? It's like a, it's like, a like two letter size <laughs> scrolling that you know yeah, happens off the screen. Yeah, Greg says question is partners for what? L O L. Yes. Uh, now this is an interesting one. We'll, well move on here. What's <laughs> What's the typical number of um, podcast hosts the podcast has o- o- over the lifespan of a podcast or podcaster? <laughs> like, is it two co-hosts? Is it three co-hosts? <laughs> well, I know one that uh, went from two to one here recently because they weren't getting enough money or something. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That seems to be a, that has resolved kind of a itself. touchy area out there. These yeah. Days. Right. And by the way, Please, 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 if you're having a dispute with your host, make sure you have all the passwords. <laughs> don't don't let them own the domain name and you own the 
the publishing yeah. either, right? Because you know, you know they're going to be calling folks like Gordon and hiring him for his actual legal services, <laughs> right? <laughs> because you know we just ran into it here recently. Someone, yeah. I mean, it was bad, uh, almost an extinction event for a show, you know. So, yeah, it can be. Can be. Yeah. I've seen it happen. Before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so Podimo, P O D I M O. Yeah, I've been hearing about them this week. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, they got 16.5 million dollars a subscription-based podcast service. 16.5. Wow. Have not have someone not l- learned from the the issue going on with another company that just got like another hundred million dollars and they can't make it work. Right. Sixteen point five. There's just not that many podcasts that can handle sus- this. If we went subscription based, Rob, no one would. We'd be broke. <laughs> no one would listen. We're already, We're already broke. broke. Huh? Yeah, no one would listen to us, right? <laughs> I'm not going to pay five cents for the listen to the show. No, I, I always tell my audience if the show is worth six point seven cents, and based on the number of shows I do a, a month, that's worth two bucks. <laughs> can, right. Two bucks a month. Can you handle six point seven cents a show? And people ignore me. So I'm not even worth six cents on my other show. Wow. <laughs> the uh, and what does that say? Well, it says that people like free podcasts, right? Yeah, and I got a sponsor, and they they say you're getting money enough. Don't you don't I don't need to send you any more cash, right? And that's the truth. Yeah, but interesting stat out of Deezer. Deezer said podcasts are being used to fight fight loneliness. That's interesting. I think that's always been the case. I think from the from the very early days of this medium, uh, I think that's the case. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people that don't have, you know, a significant other or people in their lives, or they're they're kind of lonely or whatever, yeah. they can certainly you know get a friend in a podcast. That's for sure. Gordon says. Uh... And a podcaster prenup. Yes. If you're going to do a show and you're new and listening to this, you need a podcaster prenup with your host. Please, please listen to us. If you don't have a prenup already and you're already together, you need to, and you're doing fine, you need to do a prenup or an agreement today. You need to put that down on a piece of paper. Right. Because you're, you're friends now, but what happens if you don't become friends anymore? Right. One other thing from the the Stitcher report here about um, bouncing back from COVID that while listening decreased during the weekday commuting hours, they're seeing the second half of April begin to show a return to pre-pandemic levels is what they say. Mm. So, yeah, have you looked at your numbers, Todd, lately as it started to go up again? Haven't looked. Remember, we were even, we never really, yeah, right. I haven't looked. I need to look. Matter of fact, it's, right. we'll, we'll get the June numbers here. I'll, I'll, I'll do a deep, I'll try to do deep dive on Tuesday. I can actually do it on Monday because Monday's the first. So I can take a look. Maybe we talk about it on Wednesday where we're, you know, at least where we're at and how May looked. So. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting too from that same Stitcher study. It talked about miniseries podcasts grew from about four in 2010 up to 52,000 in 10 years. Of you course. Know, like, 
I mean, like a mini series series w- w- would be like a serial or that type of thing where it had a limited run. So, How many yeah. from four to 52,000? Yeah. That's what this. You sure that wasn't know, people that accidentally. Well, like, I mean, it's like true crime stuff. It's like oh. all that type of, you know, kind of storytelling stuff. That's I think what, what, what it really is, is kind of season. Are we sure that that wasn't seasons where someone set seasons up by mistake and pod faded? Well, 52,000 is what? Um, That's a big number. Not, well, it's a big number, but if you look at the total number of podcasts, it's not a big number. Oh, that's true. So, I mean, that's that's probably true crime and drama and that kind of I can see that many shows in the, in those genres right now. Yeah. Mm. It's been a popular genre the whole But Todd, I think you're you're right with your observation though i think when apple made the change to add um kind of kind of series level shows and breaking those out it created a you know a perceptional opportunity for content creators to do something different this show accidentally went to uh season 9998 or something by for like one episode right gone wild gone yeah wild. that yes. was because of a mouse click and a roll of the uh the button the button here and i accidentally incremented us to that was a design flaw in power press that we fixed oh uh, yeah too yeah. easy to tab over then accidentally spin the wheel and end up right. with a weird number so speaking of which monday for those of you that use power press we really want to hear your feedback. Big, big, our biggest update in years is Monday. Really? Yeah. UI UX in a sign oh, of oh, gotcha. Okay. Sign of things to come, and what you see on PowerPress today is what you'll see on the Blueberry dashboard in the future. So well, the you know similar work is being done over at Ellipson as well. Man, it takes a while. That you that UIX stuff takes. Well, there's a lot of stuff to consider. A lot of stuff to consider. Yeah. So right. You know, what's what's the impact on workflow? Are you going to get, um, you know, people mad at you? It's kind of like what what happens, and I think we we can all appreciate it uh, when you like shopping at a certain grocery store, and the grocery <laughs> store rearranges all the shelves. You know? Yeah. Where you're, is the cereal aisle? I can't it, find it. And anymore. you're stomping around, going back right. forth four or five times, pissed off. Well. Right. Well, we'll we'll know Tuesday how it went. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know Tuesday, and probably you know it's kind of funny because they were touting this eight point three, and I said, well, by Tuesday they're probably an eight three point one. By Wednesday, eight point three point two. Well, I think both of us are really focusing on this concept of uh, simplifying, yeah, right? yeah, and yeah, making yeah, yeah. it easier for podcasters to do what they do, get in and get out faster. Because when I when when we have to teach people how to left click, Rob. Well, we've been doing that for a long time, Todd. <laughs> well, it, well, it depends on if they're on a Mac or a PC on that conversation. Oh, too, that's right? true too. It, right, oh, by right, the way, you right. know what these two fingers right. do on the Mac? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you guys will not believe this. Those of you listening to it, you know this little. This little, I'm uh, for those of you listening. This little wheel on your mouse. For those of you that have a wheel on your mouse, doesn't work on a Mac. 
It does. Absolutely. That, does it work? That wheel does works work on a mouse. mouse. Absolutely. Oh. It does. It's just backwards from if you go from a PC. <laughs> no, it's true. If you're in a PC, when you, when you push down, the screen goes up. And on a PC, it's the opposite, just so you, so you know. But do you know that there are people that don't know that you can actually scroll down on a web page? Really? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, kidding. no. I'm, I haven't encountered any of those folks yet. <laughs> And you say, so, where's the, they say, well, where's the button? Well, scroll down. What do you mean scroll down? And you're like, uh, just scroll down. Take your wheel on your mouse and, and scroll. <gasps> wow. Wow. There's more down there. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, it, it's fact. It, that's the reason above the fold, right? <laughs> so important. Some people only see above the fold ever. That's a, that's kind of a newspaper or magazine term, right? Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. Um, but, but it's very applicable and it's like, you know, once you load a web page, what's the visible area of the web page that you see right away? Yeah. And like, like Todd just said, a lot of people don't even realize that there's a scroll bar on their right of your browser. That's the above the fold for Blueberry. Right. And then let me go to Libsyn. Just so we're fair. Seeing that I'm controlling the screen. Yes, you are. And, and there's Libsyn above the fold. So. Right. Yep. Yeah, but it's what, what, before you can scroll an inch, what you see. Yeah. Right. And I've always, always had the, the opinion of whatever you see above the fold needs to solve four questions that right. a visitor has. Right. right. Why they went there to begin with. Right. Because. Do they want to do this or do that. And this is for podcasters too. And here's a right. good topic. Right. You go to your website as you as a podcaster, and I'm just going to go to the new media show. Right. And you can do this if you're listening to us later so that you, you understand what above the fold is here so that you, you, you can play along. Yeah. And I used to build uh, websites in the early days of my work in, in the internet too. So I've, designed and built websites for companies. So that's yeah. what I used to do a long time ago. So when you come to a new media show, what, what do you get to see above the fold? You get to see subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Android, and Stitcher. Right there. Right there in the right-hand column. Getting to the content is the priority on this so, page. And if you look at your web stats, not your podcast stats, and everyone should be running web stats on their websites if they have their own website. And you need to look at those every couple of weeks to see what your bounce rate is. Because if you have people leaving your homepage seconds after they're arriving, you have failed. Right. You have failed to capture their attention. Well, why did they go there to begin with? And if you, they left right right away, that right. tells you something, right? It tells them that they have not found what they were looking for. what they were looking for. And right, because because if they did, they would either click on something or they would progress. There are literally tens of thousands of podcast websites I go to where I can't I don't know that they're a podcaster when I land on their webpage. I don't I can't see how to subscribe to their show. I, there's no evidence whatsoever that they're it, it's. So if you're losing 85 to 90% of the traffic that's coming to your web, people say websites don't work. 
they don't work for people that don't pay attention to what they've done. Right. <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling situation. Right. right? And, you, right. and, and yeah. if, if, if I can't, is you have to be, you have to think as a listener. And, you know, and I follow the same principle on, so you guys are going to see a trend here. Those of you who are watching, Geek News Central, what do you see? Same thing. Subscribe to the show. Right there. I don't have an ad running in the sidebar. Well, I right do. Now, right. But, but, you know, yeah. so yeah. here's the website that I have, you know, let's go, let's go to, come on, load up. Same thing. Podcast Insiders, the blueberry thing right there is it's, 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 you got to give them the opportunity to subscribe. They, 99% of them won't. But all you need is 1% or half of 1% or two right. tenths of 1% to subscribe. Right. And on Geek News Central, about two tenths of 1% click subscribe. And keywords at the top of the page in what's called H1 header tag areas, right? Which is our are what Google looks at for index too. So you need to think about how you're titling things on that homepage. That's too, right. Or, or subsequent page too. Maybe it's more important thought. I don't know if you've looked at your stats. Are, are fewer and fewer people going to homepages or are they going, to, I mean, no, they're, they're, they're going to the page that the content is on. Right. Right. Which is usually deep in the website. Right. So an example, I did a whole discussion on Section 230. I talked about the EFF and what Section 230 really means for the people that don't understand it. And, went, and if you don't know what Section 230 is, it's a lot of the stuff that's been going on politically about Twitter and the president and that stuff. So I talked about Section 230 and what protection Section 230 gives companies like Blueberry and Libsyn and others, allows right. us to run business and not be sued because we're not, edit, we're not editors. So I talked about Section 230. So what do I want? I titled my show Section 230. That, that was the episode title. And people searching for Section 230 will find this information and, be, and I'll get lots of views on that because my pages rank good in Google to begin with. So Yeah, and that, that top green text is considered H1. It's, that's, an, H1. it's an H1. Right. Um, text and that's what Google primarily looks at. And it, it uh, looks at for, the rest of the stuff that's in there to make sure you're not, but, right. but still it really boils down to the ability for you to get seen by that 800, I, you know, I'll say it, I've said this 5 million times. You record for your audience, you write for Google. So, right. And, and more and more you're, recording for Google too, but right. it, uh, that's, that's changing as well. So I, you know, again, it's, it, if you have a website and some of you don't, some of you don't care, but those of you that do, you know, think about this stuff when you're, when you're writing your show notes, mm -hmm. you know, and the first paragraph of your show notes should cover your primary topic that you're trying to track traffic to. So I said, section. here's how I wrote up tonight. I break down section 230 of the CDA, which I'm sure half the planet is going to go crazy over today as they have no clue what it is. So, you know, I just kind of, you know, put in there a natural speaking language about section 230 and 
l- let me see if it's ranking on it all on Google. If I made it made the list, so let me do Section Two Thirty Pod. Ari Stitcher has a uh, show that's over there. That's number one, number two, number three. Where am I? Do I fall into this? I don't, because so many people are talking about Tech Dirt and Washington Post. They're all dominating it. Yeah. So, you know, that one I may not win. Well, that one's a pretty recent episode, too. It's, yeah. So you, yeah. But it, it still will track pretty, should track pretty quickly. And I just did Section 230 Podcast. So, and I didn't name, I should have named it Section 230 Podcast in the episode title. But, um, but anyway, ultimately you have winners and losers. Not every episode is going to be a winner to Google. So this section two thirty thought is it a, a kind of something for the podcasting uh, world to be concerned about? As a well, so le- if you have no idea what section two thirty is, the EFF has a fantastic five to ten minute read on section two thirty. Right, and I should tell you to go over there and read it. And also, I want you to understand, political wise, both right and left want changes to Section 230. Even the vice president, the new presidential candidate, wants changes to Section 230. And here, here in a nutshell, is what Section 230 does: Blueberry, Libsyn, we are protected from someone coming in. Now, I'm still responsible. Let me preface this: I'm still responsible for removing child porn. I'm still responsible for taking down. Hate speech, that's part of my terms of service anyway, so I'm going to remove right. you for that type of stuff. And I have my terms of service, but there's some stuff under the CDA which I'm responsible for re- removing to the best of my ability. Right. But if you come on, you publish an episode, and you disparage, let's say you're going to talk, you're going to do libel against someone. And this is a little bit tied into safe harbors, but really what it really means is if you, since you're publishing onto my platform, I'm a platform, I'm not a publisher. Mm-hmm. Okay, so essentially I'm protected under CDA. And again, I'm not a lawyer. Gordon probably goes into this much better, but I as a, me as Blueberry as a corporation is protected from stuff that comes onto our platform as long as we do not editorialize or right. flag it. Right. Because newspapers are not protected under Section 230. N- newspapers are all about written stories. They, they, are, they are not protected under Section 230. But Twitter, Facebook, us, others. This all started way back when people, there was like bulletin boards and forums and so Twitter today is a modern forum. <clears throat> so I will contend, and I'm not going to get into the politics of it, by, by Facebook and by Twitter and by other entities flagging content, they have, in essence, potentially, and I'm not a lawyer, broken their Section 230 protection. And that's been push, 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 push for years now. Right. So here's what can happen. Let's say Section 230 is abolished by... Congress. Well, it's also a copyright issue too, isn't it? To some degree. Uh, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I can't address that cause I don't know. But, right. but if, if you are, if let's say section two thirty is abolished, 
by Congress. Now, the president's actions didn't abolish Section 230. They just told the DOJ to go look and see if someone is violating Section 230 provisions under the current law. So if, let's say, Section 230 is abolished, then what Twitter should probably do is cancel the president's account. Because then they can be liable and someone could sue Twitter for what anyone says. For what the president says, right? Exactly. They could, so they, they would lose protection and they would be, they'd be liable for anything anyone said on their platform. Right. They and the publisher could be sued. Now, you can still get sued. People can still sue you no matter what. But right. Section 230 does give you a certain amount of protection here. And um, so losing Section 230, to me, is very scary. As, as a business owner, to lose Section 230 protection is very, very scary to me. But here's the problem. Can't have it both ways. So you're right. damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. And as Facebook is facing this with the stuff that they've done, they, they take stuff down from community guidelines. They classify it under community guidelines. So it's, it's a little bit they of a... Can get in trouble for taking it down or they can get in trouble for leaving it up, right? Is that exactly. what it sets up? Yeah. You know, well, if you leave it up, actually Facebook is more protected by leaving it up. Now, if it is, if it still goes against hate speech and, you know, they've tried to find their way around this a little bit and they're skirting. I mean, is there, I mean <clears throat> the terms of service must come into play. The here. terms of service can come into play. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, you built a platform based on this open ecosphere of people being able to share their opinions and, ha and share the First Amendment rights and. Again, what you say, you can say anything you want, but you can be sued into oblivion because of it. Well, I mean, a lot of these <laughs> social platforms have been uh, aggressively gone after by Congress and the Senate over the last year about uh, being platforms for, uh, you know, for false information. There's investigations about, you know, out external actors putting up false information and so it's it's you know, it's a so it's it's ugly it's a difficult oh, situation it's it's right. a bowl of spaghetti is what it is <laughs> and i think podcasting has probably been a probably one of the few mediums that has kind of avoided some of this stuff and the reason is it's not in your face it's in your ear and when someone hears something in their ear they don't like they report it and then we go look at it and if it violates terms of service we take it down it's right. said and done it's not like it's written word out there, high profile written word. Right. So again, and, and again, it can get real political. That discussion can get real. I mean, people can become very decisive. So I'm just telling you, if you don't, if you're pissed off right now about the executive order or whatever, please go read the EFF's Section 230 write-up. Just do EFF Section 230 and read their document. And it will kind of explain the history and where it's coming from. And, um, and you make up your own mind. But I like Section 230 as a business owner because someone still can sue me, but I can almost defer that, say, hey, Johnny said that, or Tani, or Tammy, or Susie, or whoever. Right. That's their content I don't do. And it's part of Safe Harbors, too. I don't do. Right. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, about the whole copyright part. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm. 
I'm not an editor. Just from 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 being liable for publishing copyrighted yeah, material. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's so anyway, we got we talked about anyway, on your websites, you know, make sure that you're doing stuff to get people to be able to find your content, subscribe to it when they land on your webpage and are there for three seconds and maybe they have that trigger and they say, Oh man, this 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 man or woman or whoever this company has a podcast. Let's let's check it out. And if you get two tenths of one percent that click on subscribe, you multiply that over days and months and it's a big deal. And yeah. and and here's another thing. You're not gonna keep all those as a subscribe. They're gonna listen to one episode, they're gonna say, This sucks, and they're gone. <laughs> so that's why it's important on a brand new when you come out on your show to get them engaged in that first five minutes. Punch them in the face or punch them in the mouth so that they they stay and listen for the first uh, you know, for twenty minutes and get to know you. They could be <laughs> bleeding. But at least they got to know you. Well, you know, literally, you know, you know, if when I say punch the people in the mouth, you want them to, you so want them grab, to, grab yeah, their attention, yeah right? grab their attention. Yep. You know, right. punch them in the nose and that's how you get someone's attention, right? Usually your fists come up, but you punch someone in the nose, you, you get their attention very quickly. So, you know, saying that could get us banned, you know, want to. Oh, okay. So we're just using that as a, as a hypothetical. <laughs> First of all, you first of all you can't punch someone in the nose through an ear, through a earbud. Oh, you can't, huh? <laughs> really? <laughs> so, hey, uh, before we go, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out in the world. Please stay safe. Right. Just just stay home. Yeah. You don't have to go out and burn down a building. It just it, it's not really necessary. I don't think it's not going to change anything. And I understand there's people pissed off and rightly so. And I, you know, it, it even includes me, but I, I don't want to, uh, I want you to stay safe out there. Um, it, 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 right. it, in some cities right now, it's kind of crazy. So, and, uh, uh, I think we all are not happy with that whole situation, but how could you not be? Right. So anyway, um, all right. I'm Todd at blueberry.com. You can reach me at geek news. I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenley with two E's and, uh, you can send me an email, uh, Rob G at Lipson.com. Happy to talk with you about podcasting. And, uh, I just hope this world kind of settles down Todd, a little bit and we kind of can get back to normal or is this the new normal? I don't know. I don't know if it is, but Hey, we had a huge number of people both on YouTube and on Facebook today. So thanks for hanging out. I wasn't even paying attention to the YouTube discussion, but, I want to thank uh, Bangs for being on there, Brett, Rev, as well. All you, all you folks that uh, uh, basically sent us notes on YouTube. Apologize, I wasn't paying attention to YouTube today. And uh, of course, everyone that was on Facebook, thanks for being here. If you're not subscribed, go over to newmediashow.com and hit that subscribe button right as we showed you on the website here a little earlier. We we want you to be part of our family and. Uh, we don't have a way to send you a notification, but you know that we're uh, we're live here every Wednesday and Saturday at this point. We'll be back with you Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern for the yep. next show of the New Media Show. Yep, fantastic. Everyone, everyone take care. Be safe okay. out there. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.